crab. Hey, 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 It's going to be a pop. That's what happens when you got the crew. We're going to just bring it down. Don't waste the time. Uh, week 6, 23-20, Rams over the Broncos. Beautiful time. It's your boy 3K at 3K underscore Bravo. Bravo, welcome into the quiet storm at Seattle Rams underscore NFL, the sexiest Twitter handle on social media. What's up, Bravo? Hello, people. I'm uh, sitting here in the the close confines of my recording studio. We're going to talk some Rams football. (laughs) I was almost like a sunset over over Pike Place. I wasn't ready. Joey O, LA Rams, Rams, Rams on your Twitter dial. What's up, baby? What's going on, jerks? You know, I want to do that, but we, we don't I'm even sound sexy. It. We sound like a bunch of guys with emphysema. <laughs> yeah, exactly. well, it's really my wife is in the doctor and going, that's creepy. Yeah, because I'm drinking a blue moon mango wheat. So it kind of <laughs> kind of negates the whole cool low low voice guy thing. Yeah, blue moon definitely is not the cool low voice guy drink. No. The blue moon mango wheat. As I pour it over your hair and massage it in. I did find, oh, man, I'd have to find what the name of that. Oh, let me look at, um, while I do this. Uh, we've got uh, personal news. Joey, you're in the placenta parade. Congrats, man. Yes. It took me <laughs> nine months to get there. Um, but, yeah, man, I am from the unfortunately named Placenta, California. We talk about it every week. But placenta, they have a California. Beautiful place. Yeah, the day parade was this weekend, and I've been needing to go to high school, which was a thousand years ago. And I was like, oh, yeah, I should go. And, I get. and uh, so I was like, okay, I want to take my, my wife down there, and it was raining. So I was like, <laughs> okay, well, we're still going to go. And so we go down there, and we're sitting out there. We have umbrellas, and it sucks. There's, like, nobody out there because it's, like, drizzling okay. all morning. But I was like, whatever. Like, we went down here for the weekend. <laughs> Gonna do this. And uh, the celebrity grand marshal, like somebody from like CBS News, and the camera lady comes by. And she goes, "Listen, uh, my producer told me I need to like interview people and like why they're out here in the rain." <laughs> and I was like, eh, "I got ten minutes. I'm ready to regret." <laughs> Roll camera. <laughs> and and uh, wearing my Rams hat, which is uh, which is awesome. You know, gotta gotta represent. And uh, and so yeah. So, anyways, it, it ended up on the news later that night. It was pretty funny. Um, I tried to get my three-year-old kid to say, um, you know, she asked him, she's like, why are you in the parade? And I'm all, say, America. And he's like, America. But, like, it was just too soft, and they didn't get it. So, I just kind of Yeah. Yeah. But, anyways, I uh, I did that, and I did see A Star is Born, Robbo. Ooh, and? Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Before we do it, we need we need a rating. We need a Joey rating system. Are we gonna do like one out of five stars? Are we gonna oh one out of five jerks? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and, and 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 so like the Big Lebowski gets five jerks, right? Uh, there's not and, enough jerks uh, to rate the Big Lebowski. <laughs> it's the it's the it's it's infinite. It's uh, jerks infinity. Infinite jerks. So <laughs> I would I would have to say that. Um, 
Starsborn was three and a half jerks for me. I was I was thinking it was okay. gonna go four jerks or five, but for some reason, I think I think the problem I have with that movie is not necessarily anything they did with the movie. It's just the story itself is just kind of like the first hour is like this is fun, this is great, and then it's just kind of like it's a, just like a non clever bummer. I don't know. It's it's definitely predictable. It's it's. I mean, you don't have to. You do not have to have seen the first two versions of it to know what's going to happen. You kind three of versions. Where first three. three this is well. The three wasn't there two movies and a and a musical. No, it was it was all like a movie. So there was like in like the thirties, the fifties, the seventies, and oh, whatever fifties decade right now, um, Broadway. But yeah, so you don't. I mean, you still don't have to. You, if you've seen movies in your life, you, you tend to know, all right, I know where this one's going, and there's not a lot of surprise. Yeah. But Bradley Cooper, he kind of killed it. Like, I mean, he, like, learned how to play, like, guitar, and he was killing it. and He was awesome. It's worth it just to see him do it. But um, I don't know, man. I, was, uh, I wasn't, I was like, blown away. I, I, wa- I wanted to get blown away. So um, I'm doing that here. I was talking to my wife about this this weekend. Doesn't Lady Gaga need to start going by some other name? Like I, if I get yeah. it when you're like dressed up, when you're dressed up in bubble wrap and you're dressed up in a meat suit, I get it. You're Lady Gaga <laughs> and you're doing poker face. Like yeah, you're Lady Gaga. But when you're doing this now, like it, Lady Gaga. Like imagine, and I, Joey, you're the Oscar expert here. But imagine like being at a serious awards event at a serious event and yeah. the award goes to Lady Gaga. Like that's yep. that's almost like a Hunger Games esque. Lady Gaga has won well, it. And I think the closest Gaga. that the <laughs> the closest that the Academy Awards came to that was was Cher. And that's just she just doesn't use a last name. Uh but you know she was dressed all wacky and crazy the whole moonstruck days. But yeah, she kind of needs to like Dwayne the Rock Johnson herself, or just go. Yeah, like, exactly. I mean, her name, her name is like eighty-seven syllables long, right? Stephanie Joanne Angelina Dramonata. Yeah, Lady Gaga's a lot easier. Stage name. But the Steve O. I don't know. You come up with something, Steve O. That one's Steve O. Steve O. I do wonder about the opposite. Like instead of Lady Gaga. In eight years, we're going to give an Oscar to Doctor Bobo Gaga Nana Face or something. It's going to be even worse. Oh, he's good. He's really good. He's up and coming toward the theater. Yeah. yeah, he's got no limitations. Um, Robo, you had plans this week, supposedly. Yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, I did the old the old um, Oktoberfest on Saturday. Drove up to Leavenworth, so Washington. So when when you did the did you. Did you go to an Oktoberfest in Seattle? What does this mean? Explain it to me who doesn't understand Oktoberfest. I, uh, I flew 15 hours to Munich and partied for a couple yeah. uh, hours and flew back. Um, so Leavenworth, Washington. You did that, though. You actually did that. <laughs> Leavenworth, Washington is a town in the mountains um, east of Seattle, about two hours east of Seattle. Um, and a number of years ago, they decided it was a cool marketing gimmick that they would uh, suddenly become Bavarian, and they've redone the entire city center into half-timbered, half-timbered buildings. And they, you know, all the signs are—it's—it's—it's it's, it's a small American German town where they just love, 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 love to do the whole, you know, German thing. So the last 
three weekends in, in October, they hold the Oktoberfest uh, festivals, and they um, section off part of the town, and you've got tents out there with you know music and beer, and they import beer from Germany, and they just everyone shows up, and you know they're wearing their you know, if you're like me, the authentic, expensive, I paid way too much money in Germany for like leather, leather hosen, and then all the way down to Halloween costume, leather hosen, or a guy wearing a T-shirt with leather hosen stamped on it, kind of thing. People just go there, have a good time, and uh, and drink and listen to music and and act like a fool, which is kind of right in my wheelhouse. Beautiful. It's good because why? It's good what 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 did Joey's young progeny say? America. That's why. America. <laughs> That's right. It's, <laughs> It's, uh, that's it. what we do. We we drink sure. beer, we eat, and we listen to music, and it's kind of part of our our civil rights. It's it's in it's in the Bill of Rights right now, isn't it? It's like number eight. It needs to be. Sounds yeah, like it yeah. sounds like a good time had by all. Um, Turf Show Radio food update. Uh, it's not soup season here. Uh, the temperature was in the 40s today, uh, so I made soup. I refuse. I'm one of those people that refuse to eat soup when it's hot. Do you guys eat soup when it's hot? I find that creepy. Uh, not when it's hot, not really. but if, if it drops down into if, like during the summertime, if we get a if we get a chilly summer day and it drops down into like the low seventies, we we might break out a soup. But traditionally, we're more of a fall to early spring yeah. soup season. Mm. I felt I felt kind of bad when I got back here and we went to eat. This was in like July or August. And we were talking about soup, and my mama got soup, and it was like 90 degrees outside, and it was the first time – it was it was honestly the first time where I ever thought to myself, I, I got to look into if I need to put my mama in a home. You can't, you can't eat soup when it's 90 degrees outside. That's like senility. What the fuck is this? What are you doing? I like – oh, Joe, I like soup at any time of the year. That's just crazy talk. You need, you need to be watched. You need supervision. What this soup did you make today, I, Joe? Uh, today I made a minestrone. I just went uh, a simple minestrone. Sweet. Um, yeah, it's great. It's a great soup, but it's so much work because you got to do all this prep, all the meats, and it takes a lot of time. But it comes out real good, super easy, and everybody loves it. Uh, good time, have yeah. y'all. I did. Uh, we got to say, we got to say, Peach Pit. We've already gone ten minutes in, and we got to get to football. But um, yeah, my daughter's a strange one, and minestrone was a good lead-in for that. We're going back to the to the night storm, the quiet storm, the Sunday night, sexy emphysema voice. Week six, snow. 40 degrees. And I need one of those old NFL films. 26 degrees. Was it like 40? If you're in Hamilton, Canada, it was 108. It was oh so cold on the frozen mile high turf. It Was it ugly because of the weather? How much effect do you guys think the weather, the conditions had on this game? Jerry Goff was wearing gloves. Ted Rath is our psycho strength conditioning coach. He was in a jock strap and a tank top on <laughs> on sideline. He was much in the weather effect. Suit. God, I love. Do you think Ted that Rath. guy could pass a drug test? Ted Rath. Uh, define drug test. HGH. No. <laughs> I think he has HGH for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I think that. I guy think is... he invented HGH. I think HGH was invented from his urine. How about that? He's yeah, he's thirty percent HGH. He's pure um, HGH. So yeah, I I think the thing about the weather is I think it affects both teams because you got guys like Case Keenum. It's not like he was born and raised in Colorado, and uh, you know these guys aren't always playing in the in the cold weather just because they play for the Broncos, right? And uh, 
So, I mean, I don't think the Broncos were, were like, killing it out there and the Rams were struggling. I think it was just um, – I'm sure that ball, like, felt like a just a frozen rock. But Robert Woods, who's a California guy, I mean, he was catching just fine. All three receivers right. have played in cold weather, right? Cup played in cold weather. Mm-hmm. I know for Defi- Graham Fack, he did. Weather. Define cold uh, weather. Cold weather, I would say 25 and below. Colder. So, it, I'm, yes. Freezing. I'm checking temperature. The, the coldest game that Cooper Cup ever played in at Eastern Washington, 73 oh. degrees, according to temperature. 73. <laughs> I can tell you right now that's that. false because I froze my ass off on a metal bench watching him play in a playoff game and – and that was not 73 degrees. The number of people who took my tweet, I did a tweet thing before the game, and the number of people who took yeah. it seriously was way higher than zero, and it made me very sad. Well, because Lance <laughs> fan, man, they love yeah. themselves some sarcasm. Uh, I feel like they already have their comment before they read the tweet. Oh, they definitely I do. I tweet. I don't remember what I said. I tweeted something about Aaron Donald has never played in a game below 62 degrees. I got at least... I don't know, 60 tweets about Aaron Donald. Do you, did you not know Aaron Donald played at Pitt? As, as, if, as if a blog that covers the Rams every day does not know which college these players play. Ah, ah, a good point, my gentlemen. Thank you for informing me where Aaron Donald played his college football. Is there, is there cold weather in this city that you speak of that I've never heard of? It was, it was yeah. wonderful and sad and horrible. You know what it was? It was America. It was America replies in our own Twitter feed. Yeah, I I think I tweeted five times in that game. Please take the gloves off, Jared. Something along those lines. I mean, was it the gloves? He, he looked. He looked. I mean, he looked off. Like he just wasn't as accurate as he had been. He looked. He looked less accurate than he was in the opener against Oakland. I just don't. I mean, just didn't feel like Jared. We've been watching. Uh, now that could. Who knows if it's the cold? You know, you're not going to be perfect all the damn time. And the good thing about this team is you don't have to be when you have an offensive line that will pave, you know, holes that are big enough for the three of us to walk arm in arm through. I, I just don't. Oh, the, yeah. That sounds nice. Let's do that. Like I'll follow the yellow book road all the way down to the, to the goal line kind of thing. <laughs> exactly. As long as it's still sick, it be Toto. But I would yeah. I would have liked to have seen him try a series out the, out the damn glove because it just it seemed like he was inaccurate and now I don't know if that was his inaccuracies or just he's just trying to fit into tighter windows and you know it was Denver's coverage game I haven't I should probably go I can rewatch that but I just I just felt like you know what it's just not feeling I'm just not feeling it here it's not like it was snowing out okay it was a little cold but when we think of weather games you think of Bring the snowplow out so the dude could kick the fiddle and win three nothing game, right? And that wasn't that wasn't well, the case. Yeah, and it didn't have a bunch of fumbles and no. like you know a, you know a bunch of interceptions. I mean the interceptions were maybe because of the cold. I mean like the the Josh Reynolds one. I mean deflection we're talking about later, his face. I mean was was that the cold? Is that just the, the deflection and just kind of dumb luck? I don't know, but. Yeah. Uh, it was it was dumb. I don't know about the luck part, but it was dumb. Yeah, um, I, I I don't know. I, I I think that it was. I think the Broncos' uh, pass rush was 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 really good, and I don't know what if that was weather related or just Von Miller's really good. But they Bradley Chubb was really good. Really good. Yeah, I mean that guy's a, that guy's for real. You know, that was his best game as a rookie, right? It was. Who's stupendous? Well, I, I, do, I do think kind of the other side, like if, if 
the idea of wearing gloves for Jared Goff is that I guess his hands need to be one. Like, how many other do other do other positions need to wear gloves? Do other positions need to have other appendages warmed up? Should the balls themselves, and I'm talking about the footballs, do the balls themselves need to be warmed? Do we need to have like like pre-warmed footballs? Before they go play, this is one of these aspects, obviously, as Los Angeles Rams fans and even St. Louis Rams fans, so those, those of us that go back in, in a weather-controlled uh, stadium, we don't, we, don't, we don't deal with this a lot. But I, I just kind of wonder, like, where, where's the dividing line here? At what point do you get, okay, that's just silly. Having warmed footballs is just weird. But, oh, I'm going to wear gloves the entire game when I never throw the football with gloves on because – my knuckles are too cold. It's just weird. See, I don't know that it's it's a my hand was too cold thing. I think it's more about a grip on the football. So you know, it gets cold. Mm. There's any kind of moisture, you get the yeah. cold. It starts to get a little slick, and you don't want to have it slip and you know throw it to the wrong team. So you, the idea is you put the glove on and you get a little more grip. Um, and he has famously small know. hands. So he does he have small hands. Famously small. Famously. Yeah, I, I just I think it was more small. about the you know the grip thing. Uh, I can't imagine it what was because do, it was too what cold. What do they do? For Grip when it gets into the November and December at Old Eastern Washington, Robbo. What do they do? They all wear gloves, or is there is there a stickum? Is there or is there an old? Is there one of these old football? Old Johnny Hecker's mama used to have him dip his fingers in molasses before the game. Is there an old old mama's tale about how they keep them fingertips nice and sticky? Uh, yeah, you, you you see a lot of glove wearing at Eastern Washington, and when it's when it's you know yeah. Seven. <laughs> it's a lot of glove wearing, um, and a lot of a lot of uh, you know steamy breaths. It's it's, it's an interesting place. It, it's just cold, and you at the when you're sitting on those metal benches. You really just don't care. You just want the game to be over. It's like you know what? I'm I'm kind of good. Let's just get this thing done. Well, I don't know. I just, I I think it was more of a grip thing. I really do. But I would have yeah. liked to have seen him try it without it, especially as, as the day went on. It was it didn't seem like it was that cold out there, guys. It just it just was a little chilly, but it wasn't you know frigid. I don't know. I, sure. That's kind of why I was just we're, even try a series, one series. If it sucked, put the glove back on. But it just seemed like he was off, and the glove wasn't working. So I'm gonna go with it was glove, and not that he was below average. Kurt Warner esque. Joey, what what do you think about the defense? I know your your boy Jared didn't have a great game, but uh, what what did you get out of the defense? I mean, they looked alive. You know, it, it looked like they had a chip on their shoulder and they wanted to um, to get it. And I felt like they did a great job on run defense. I felt like um, it was nice to see LaMarcus Joyner do something. You know, got a sack. It was nice to see him with a pulse. That was pretty cool. And, uh, you know, people are talking about Marcus Peters playing well. And um, I don't know. What do, you, what do you think about Peters? He wasn't bad. That's an yeah, improvement, I, I right? Wasn't I mean, exactly he was, he was sure bad. My opinion on, on, on him did, was. Did they test him, or did they just say, hey, we got this guy, Troy Hill, that we could run past at any point that we want to? Well, right. maybe that's okay, though, because that, yeah. that was the case two weeks ago, right? Right, true. And they still went at Marcus Peters. So I, yeah. I, maybe here's what it comes down to. I'd rather them go at Troy Hill because I'm willing to move on from Troy Hill. I don't want to not like Marcus Peters. So <laughs> tell me about Troy it. Hill, please. Please, please Let give me that keep more. till you hope because uh, you know, he's not going to come back and replace Peters, right? So right. Uh, we just hold out till keep gets ready. We'll be fine. We'll be good for the playoffs. I won't need Troy Hill. You know, um, I did. I did like a lot of people calling for like Sam Shields without noting that 
he played a decent amount and didn't really change much. It was just, he, he was it's, it's, he was on the field when they were he wasn't targeted when they're when they're giving up you know home run right. ball so so that's that's yeah. why. Yeah. Overall, I mean, it wasn't bad. Obviously, Case Keenum finished with 322 yards and the two touchdowns, you know, and obviously had that one coming back from Emmanuel Sanders. What are you going to say, Rob? I I watched uh, NFL Prime. I think it's called Prime Time. It's one of the after, NFL Network after at the end of Sunday when it's what? It's now LT. We need to come up with new names because everything sounds like it's called NFL Prime Time. Right. NFL Prime Time. Prime. Yeah. Prime Shit. Time. Well, it actually does have Dion Primetime Sanders. And it does. he has Dion a new show. Dion Prime Time with your host, Joey Prime O'Coin. Rob Prime Time forehead. <laughs> no, it's actually hosted by, by Optimus Prime. Optimus Prime. What time? What time is the Prime? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was it? Uh, so Shannon Sharp was on, and you know, as they were talking to him about this because he's the former Bronco, and, and he's like, you know what? If you didn't watch this game, you look at stats, you think Case Keenum played pretty well. He's like, that's that's crap. He played like ass. He's just, I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. He played like ass. He really wasn't that good. Uh, you know, they, they got up twenty to, th- they got down twenty to three, and then you know, Rams started playing a little more prevent. I'm not sure that, that that's what happened, but that's what Shannon was saying. He's like, so we got hot, you know, towards the end, whatever, but he's like, he, you know, Case Keating wasn't very good in that game, and they were talking about having to move on from him, and and uh, I just, I don't, I don't know what, Case Keating looked great, and I'm not sure that deep, that that the Broncos really did much that was like, wow, other than run past Troy Hill, that I didn't see a play that was like, man, these guys, they're, they're in this game, and obviously they were, um, but it was, it just didn't feel like, uh, I'm feeling threatened by anything they were doing. So it was nice to see the defense sure. step up, especially like you said, the rush game. I think they held them to 17 carries for uh, 60 yards, so 3.5 average, which is a vast improvement from what they've been doing. That um, was the big difference, right? Yeah, right. They just all right. You're not, Philip Lindsley and Royce Freeman. You're not going to get. You're not going to get. Didn't off do shit. It. They didn't the do longest any- yard. Longest rush they gave up was nine yards. Devontae Booker. I'm looking right now. So yeah, it was all right. I think Gurley had had nine on his first carry, so whatever. <laughs> yeah, Gurley. I mean, Todd Gurley had a great game. I thought the offensive line was equally as impressive, which is saying that they were both amazing. But so was the run defense. We completely shut down the run and forced them to go through the air. Which, you know, as much as we love Case Keenum as a former guy, he's just not that special. And it played into the hands of a game in the modern NFL when you only score twenty points. That's just not enough, and uh, luckily the Rams, even with 23, which isn't enough, uh, were able to get it done. What what do you think about the running disparity, Joey, in terms of what we were able to do on the ground and how we shut them down? Well, man, I I thought it was uh, I thought it was great, and what I thought was interesting is how people were, you know, we'll, we'll talk about the play with the play calling, but I mean, this was the most Todd Gurley has had at carried the ball since his rookie sure. season, uh, 28 carries. Uh, he usually, you know, twenty, twenty-three, twenty-four, is kind they of. They were ignoring us. They were ignoring Todd Gurley. Tell him, Rob. He was being. They, 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 they ignored him on that first drive when I was getting pissed. Uh, no, they, <laughs> they ignored him. They ignored him on third and two. That's that's what really got me because at that point of the game, it was what their first drive. Uh, he's pretty much running at will on them, and they get down to the red zone and it's like third and two. And that's that's my beef is with McVeigh is when people I think and that's kind of where we're going with this whole maybe maybe I, I shouldn't say I'm speaking for Twitter but I kind of get the sense that you know it's working why are you going away from it why do you have to force the pass when it's when it's working you get into the red zone and you have to throw it in rather than just like Todd Gurley do what Todd Gurley does he was he was 
gashing him down the field at and, third and two, and then you go with him on, two, on, on the two. And just to you know, talk about how much rush it may if you're running the ball and Goff is clearly off, you don't have to run Todd Gurley 28 times because Malcolm Brown also had a five-yard per carry average. Let Malcolm yeah. have a couple more runs. I mean, I don't, that's kind of, kind of where I was with that game. Um, I thought that they, they could have punched in and not forced it, and they, I feel like they forced it a lot. More than well, but, but if you but what if you think about Rob, it's it's like it wasn't like they were that um, you know uh, it wasn't like they were getting stopped that much. I mean, for what the Rams have been doing the first five games, yeah, sure. I mean, how many times did they pump the ball? Three times, and everybody's kind of freaking out. Yeah, because they had like, what, eight going into the game or something. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, I thought they went, uh, they had some bad luck. I felt like things didn't work out on plays, but as far as what Todd Gurley well, I mean, was you doing, can say that in any game, though. Ah, oh, they had bad luck. The play, the play I called didn't yeah, work. I don't know. I, I just, I, I'm well, not really on the, on the side of, of saying that um, you should have ran it. You should have ran it because the passing plays didn't work out. I felt like it presented a nice balance for the team that I felt like the Broncos defense wasn't expecting every time that Todd Gurley was going to run it. Like, you know, they're doing a lot of stuff with like with, with a jet motion and also just having, having Goff, you know, ha- having, having a lot of attempts to me, I think that balance really helped Todd Gurley's uh, performance where they just didn't feel like they needed to like stack the box and be like, okay, well, we know that Gurley's going to run the ball right now. And I think it had the defense on their toes a little bit. Um, so, I don't know. No, I mean, I, yeah, I, I obviously uh, can't run the ball on every down. I mean, that's I, I, get, I get what you're saying. You want to have balance. Would they have uh, 28 attempts and they had 39 carries? So, you know, they, they definitely did run more than they, they threw. And I think he adjusted to that more in the second half. It was really more about the – I think my frustration happens in the red zone a lot of time. It's just, you know, they right. they are not great in the red zone. They're good. But they they clearly could be much better. And McVay, it's like every every week after the game, it's like you know I have to hold myself more accountable. I you know, I, I put us in bad position. He said it again this this week. I need to be better for our guys. I mean, and that's him taking the blame and not wanting people to criticize his players. You know, he gives them a play, you should execute it. But you can go that route too. But you know, it's like you don't have to always force the pass when your run is working. I just I kind of feel like he he goes a little Mike Martz sometimes where it's like, Hey, this is working, but let's, I'm, I'm going to air, I'm going to air this shit out. And we're just going to go, right. I'm going to show you how dominant we are. We're just, you know, my guy is going to do it. I think Joe, maybe you did it on Twitter this during the game or whatever, or maybe it was in Slack. It was, you know, if, if you, if you get girly too much and then you can't have uh Jared Goff and MVP uh, conversation. Was that you? Someone on TST had talked about. Yeah. By, it, it was, by doing it was that just the idea of the MVP. Yeah, it was just the idea that, that part of the recency bias, I think it was Sosa brought up recency bias and the idea that two weeks ago, three weeks ago, we were talking about Jared Goff as the MVP. Obviously, now this week, we're talking about Todd Gurley as MVP. I thought, I thought what was interesting about the whole play calling thing and, and the way it kind of meted out, yeah, yeah, you were right that they went away from the run on that third down and in the red zone, the first two possessions. What was interesting is that it was kind of the opposite of the first two possessions against the Arizona Cardinals back in week three. If you, if you go back to that game, the first two, and it was the first time this season that we had punted from our first two possessions, the Rams did the opposite. They leaned into Todd Gurley, and they really established the run early in that game, and that opened the pass. In this game against Denver, they forced the pass. They really they 
quite obviously did to a lot of people's, you know, uh, frustration. But it obviously opened up the run. And I, I don't know how much of that is intentional and game plan and how much of that was specifically tailored to the opponents. But it, it was clearly the opposite, and both of them clearly worked in each situation. And I thought that was pretty interesting. On the idea of criticizing the play calls, that to your idea, the idea of ignoring Gurley, they were doing it early, and obviously they changed pretty much by the third, you know, the touchdown drive, the third possession that we had. What I thought was interesting is not not towards you or anybody individually, but in terms of some general criticism, what we see a lot of the time from from situations like that is people that are criticizing. What they're criticizing is kind of what Joey talked about. They're criticizing the outcome, right? True, it, it, true, it, true. I, I might disagree with Joey that it's, it, that it's bad luck. It's more just the outcome that when if you pass on third and two and you don't get it, the reason a lot of people say it's a bad play call is just because you didn't get it. If you had gotten it, people would have had yeah. no problem with the play call. They would have said, oh, it's no, no. The, the, the second possession where we did, where Jared Goff had that little foot play that we're using a lot where he just kind of, what, what are we calling this? Is this a crotch pass? Is a up chuck? I don't know what this is that we're doing <laughs> with this little. The incomplete pass. pass. The, the incomplete yeah. pass where he just kind of, yeah. he kind of uh, flipped it. Opens it's, up it's, his it's like chest. Baton, he's passing the baton. It's like he passed, he passed it, it, right? He passed it. I don't know what it is. We're going we're gonna to have to discuss to figure out what we're going to call this. But he did it, and Todd Gurley drops it, and people went uh, immediately started saying, why is McVay getting too cute? Well, the reason why He's is in year, week right? one, that play went for a touchdown, right? Exactly. That a couple weeks later, yeah. it went for 15 yards on first down. So it, it, I, I get the idea that it didn't work. But it's the same play call, and when it works, we celebrate the genius of the design, and when it doesn't work, we criticize the play call. That doesn't make sense. That's, that's one of the things where clearly what, what the problem that people had was, was the result. The result isn't a fair metric to criticize the play call, and I thought that was going on early. And eventually, and this is one of those things that you give Sean McVay credit for, for being a really damn good coach, and in, in this case, an offensive play caller he started to ramp things up with the run. And when they did, and Todd Gurley and the offensive line was just gashing things, we took over the game. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it yep. wasn't as close as the score uh, dictated. No way. I mean, I think no if way. you didn't watch the game, you're like, oh, wow, man, the Broncos really made a game. I mean, that was a garbage time. And yeah, I know it was, we're not... it was 20 to 3 at one point, right? In the third. Right. Fourth. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it, I never felt like the Rams were going to lose that game. Um, I mean, I, there's always weird stuff that can happen, but I always kind of felt like when we when we had it on offense, I'm like, we're going to move the ball. We're going to get down there. I mean, I really want Craig Zerline back, but um, it, it, right. makes, it makes these games extra um, extra stressful. Sure. But well, um, I agree with you, Joe. I, I, I 26 like, and 40-yard field goals. I mean, it's not like they, they weren't moving the ball, like you said, totally. Yeah, yeah. It, it's the yeah. sample size. I mean, if you took a like a much larger sample size of the play calling he has, I don't think that he's as pass happy as maybe uh, the criticisms come. I think those criticisms come when the outcome isn't to our liking. Is when we're like, oh, he's pass happy, but right. when he's you know throwing bombs to Brandon Cooks and you know he's he's getting fifteen yard first downs to Robert Woods, yeah. then we're we're not we're not bitching about it. Well, as sports fans, it's it's our job to complain about. Results like Joe had mentioned. What a job! What a great when job was, we have. When it was Jeff Fisher, it was like, all right, everything complain. sucks and it's not good. And complain, complain, and now it's a completely different feeling with the team. 
and we still have room to complain. And it's it's just two different worlds, right? You're complaining about how terrible everything is, and now you're complaining that, you know, eighty five percent of the time of success is not good because that fifteen percent should be should be better. Perfect. You got to be better on that fifteen percent. Right. Yeah, I mean, love it. It's kind of weird. I it's it's just, and I'm as guilty as anybody. If you follow follow me on Twitter, it's like I get snarky about things because you what you. You know how good this team could be, and you want them to be better, but not, nothing is ever going to be 100%. It's just, it's no team is going to be great all the time, unless you, maybe you, you're coached by Bill Belichick. Something, something beautiful about the idea that the Rams are 6 and 0, the only undefeated team in the NFL, given all the shit that we went through the last 15 years, and people are still finding ways to complain in football games. I find that beautiful. It's a work of art. Joey, what I want you to do is not complain. I want you to give me a defense of Jared Goff. Uh, Wags had his report card up where he said this was Goff's worst game. I thought the Raiders game was worse than this mm-hmm. overall. Yeah. It certainly wasn't a good game. Give me a reason sure. why we should feel okay about things going into next week, given our recency bias. I thought he made smart passes. And I felt like he took some sacks, but I think he did it very intelligently, where he knew that there wasn't a throw. And rather than try to just force the ball, he took the sack where some people would be like, you know, he needs to move better, needs to have more aware, awareness, which is a lot of the criticism of, of, of Jared. But I think a handful of those sacks was just, I mean, he was swarmed and there's nothing he can do. And I felt like he was very measured about his throws. I mean, yeah, the accuracy was off, probably due to the gloves or maybe the cold. But it, he wasn't killing us. He wasn't making these you know, awful decisions where we're constantly like, oh man, we just give the ball up because Jared Goff's trying to be a cowboy and he's screwing it up. I felt like that, you know, that interception is all on Jay Ray, who I think is trash, but I felt <laughs> like really Goff, <laughs> I'm tired of, he, he's like my great pumpkin, man. I feel like I'm like, Josh Reynolds <laughs> is going to be great. And then now I'm just sitting my by son, myself on a pumpkin. My son, wherever you are right now, Missouri, Take a deep breath, brother. It's okay. <laughs> he doesn't, he doesn't mean, really he's, hate him. He's no Mike Thomas. But, <laughs> um, but, but, but back to my boy, Jared. I feel like what's nice to see about him, especially in this game, is that he, I guess in one way, he disappeared. Like he wasn't the strong performance. He still got over 200 yards. Right. He was still swinging it to Robert Woods. He was still moving the ball forward, and he was like a more of a field general than a guy that was making stuff happen. He was a system QB, if you will. But in a way, I think that was what the game needed. And I, I like that his ego wasn't so big where he's like, no, man, like, like I need to be the dude. I mean, he let right. Todd Gurley be the dude. But also, I mean, Robert Woods was like dude number two. I mean, that guy was all over the field in really clutch situations. And I felt like not a lot of people are really that, – that you know, his name is really bubbling that up when they're talking he about the game. He should be the team MVP. If you're thinking about the glue. Uh, so oh, man, this, he, this he is, steps up and – oh, man, that guy. And this him. is where I, mean, I, can, I love I the way that guy blocks. I mean, if you really think yeah. about the value of him, I mean, he is a really good mm-hmm. four wide receiver. I mean, you're anytime there's like a big Todd Gurley, you know, block or a run, Robert Woods is there with. I mean, he's making he's making a valid block. I mean, Brandon Cooks is pretty good too. He puts some effort, but I feel like Woods is like the man in that regard. 
But, and yeah. this is where I can feel that I'm getting cut from both sides, because you're right. Robert Woods has been exceptional this season for his role, uh, Robbo. And, Joey, you're absolutely right that he has done a great job blocking, as the wide receivers have. And I can tell what this season has got. The, what used to be the idea of 3K is too negative. Clearly, my theme this year, my responsibility this year, is to make everybody recognize how incredible the offensive line is. We oh, mentioned we, we and sing the phrases every week. We, talk, we talked about MVP and we talked about how good blocking is, and both of y'all talked about Robert Woods and not the offensive line. This is this is going to be what is what is this? This is my this is my winter staff. This is I don't know what this is. This is one of these things that I'm going to have to bring up every week to try to cram down Twitter's throat is to get people to acknowledge how damn good the offensive line has been in this game. They did not have a good game in the pass blocking. Granted, in run blocking, they were exceptional. They were absolutely yeah. – there were, there were at least three runs where t- Todd Gurley wasn't touched for 15 yards. He didn't even get touched. He was just running th- – it was almost like the corn maze at the old state fair. You just didn't get – you didn't get touched till you got to hay maze on part three. It was incredible. Aaron Cromer is uh... – is I mean, if you want to talk about you know the, how great Sean McVay is, Aaron Cromer is you know, one A one B. That guy has completely flipped the script on what used to be the one of the worst units on this team to maybe the best overall. I mean, look what he he took Austin Blythe. I think we talked Austin about this. Austin man, I was he was about to released say, by Austin the Colts, Blythe. and now he's the one of the top rated guards in the league. Uh, yeah, he without a doubt, uh, and I. I you know, we just start talking about these other things. It's easy, like you said, it's easy to overlook those guys. Uh, as well as are the unsung heroes. Um, they'd be nowhere without those boys. They would they would not be anywhere without those guys playing at the level that they're playing. I mean, they they straight up mauled people yesterday. Yeah, no, you're uh, you're right. I mean, I I agree with you, Joe. I mean, I think it's uh, you know, maybe it's not the sexy topic is to talk about the offensive line, but. Uh, They've been great. Oh, let, let's and, talk about let's talk about the sexy topic. Offensive <laughs> linemen, haunches, three hundred twenty-five pounds of cured salt meat. Oh. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> who was God? Who was the guy on Hard Knocks? The Fat Arm Friday guy. Oh, he's with the Bears now. Eric Cush. Eric Cush. We need uh, him back just for, to be the cartoon character that he is. Um, it's one of those things, though, that when we talk about the offensive line, so often that's what we talk about is the cartoon, and obviously we do the Andrew Whitworth thing. We do, yeah, the, the cartoonishness of them. But it's one of those things that I, I'm, I'm just fascinated by the idea that when we talk about like offensive player of the week, we know Todd Gurley's getting it this week. We know he's going to be nominated. We know that if Jared Goff puts up 350 yards, that you know, like he did against the Vikings, he's going to be in line for it. There is nothing the offensive line can do to get any kind of award or any kind of like national recognition. Whoa. There's nothing they can do. Jeff Schwartz, just, every week isn't set up. I mean, that's pretty much that's, it. It's just Jeff SPN, Schwartz, right? SPN, Jeff Schwartz, but disrespect. That's the only thing they can get is some that's tweets it. out of Jeff Schwartz, and I, I find it strange if only because that we we know this, we can admit it. It's one of those things that I find to be really strange. Think about uh, everyone's. Who was the biggest whipping boy for the Rams five years ago? Roger Saffold. Tony Pastor. People. Oh, yeah. <laughs> people used to murder Saffold on game day. False start, holding. He's always injured. I mean, it was oh, you, people killed that guy. He is. 
playing at the level right now. Trouble. Right? Best one of the best guards in the league. Zach better than like Zach Martin, who was maybe or Yanda. Sure. Uh his, his name is up there. And he gets love. He gets love from like Baldi's breakdowns. He's that guy just salivates Roger Saffold what he can do in space and he has a little nasty streak to him. And uh so I, I think some of those things are kinda coming, but I just no one no one sings the praises of offensive linemen other than other offensive linemen on Twitter when yeah. they're drinking beer. It, it, the the other thing that I think is funny is, and I, I, did, I never thought about this until this weekend when I tweeted it out about how good the offensive line was in run blocking, that people responded well, with, well, yeah, they, but they were trash in the past. That's true. <laughs> but that, That's true. But here's what's funny. How, how good was Jared Goff in the running game? Oh, man. How could we, how could we possibly have run for all those yards without Jared Goff? Or you, you think about the passing game. What what did Todd Gurley do in the passing game this week? Man, how could how could Robert Woods have had the game he did without Todd Gurley as a pass receiver? The offensive line is the only group that has to do both. They got to do both to a degree. The tight ends do, but we know the Rams' tight ends this year ain't done shit. They ain't done nothing. The offensive hey, line is the only group that, that we look at passing. No, two for 24. What a great game. <laughs> oh, by the way, the offensive line was awesome. It's, it's just one of these – it's this weird standard that we hold the offensive line to that they have to be perfect in both aspects, and then when they are, uh, you don't get shit. Offensive player of the week this week is uh, Gerald Everett. Way to go, Austin Blythe. We love you. Austin Blythe, you know, showed his versatility yesterday, right? Saffold goes out, he slides over to the left. Yep. And probably we, we won't give Austin <laughs> Blythe an award until he brings tank tops to training camp. This is the life of our beefy young adult sons. So that injuries, Rob, it was close. It was scary. I, when it when it happened, I would I would suggest people go back and look at the Tersho Times Twitter timeline because I was oh, scared. Lord. And I you know what yeah. I reverted to? I reverted to Catholic Joseph McAtee. I got my rosary, and I said, we're going to say a prayer. We're going to hold on to hope that this isn't it. And guess what? The Virgin Mary saved you. You're welcome. Cooper Cup is not done for the season. God saved us again. Ram, did you see Ramhart's tweets about that? Are you blocked still? <laughs> he I, don't tweeted know. Some- I, don't, I don't know who I've blocked and who I'm blocked by. He had tweeted something out. It made me laugh because he said something along the lines of, uh, "Lord, if if uh, if you can get Cooper Cup to make you know make an appearance in the second half of this game and the miracle, I'm gonna you know I'm gonna repent and I'm gonna become I'm gonna join." Oh, Will Ram? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Will yeah. Ram Wallace? Yeah, yeah. That yeah, was yeah. Great. So it was it was great. And so after he came out, I asked him what size robe he wears. But that's we were all doing that. <laughs> I, I I was not a happy boy. I I, I may have. Most of off-color language towards former Rand Darian Stewart. How could we not? Was uh, was not good. Um, yeah, I, 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 were you were you emotional when you saw him on the cart? I no one was home. We had game night scheduled for that night, so my wife had left a little earlier and went over, and I met her there later, and so no one was here, and I was emotional in a not happy way, kind of cussing a little bit, uh, not teary. I, I I did get bummed out afterwards. Like at halftime, I'm thinking, oh man, you know, this is this is my guy, and if 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 I don't get to watch Coop every week, what am I gonna do? You know I'm what gonna... that means, though, Robbo. 
Do you know yeah. what that means about that knee? That's the sexiest damn knee in the entire NFL. That knee. Left MCL is the best, sweetest looking MCL in all of the NFL. That MCL is so sweet. It's got that nice little curve. You want to be able to just look at it and admire it from afar, but you also want to get up close and ask it for lunch. That MCL. You can hold that knee while you fall asleep, and when you wake up, it'll be holding you. Right. That, that MCL. Is, you could go hiking with that MCL. Oh goodness! Uh, I was. I was. But not you'll run out of that. oxygen before the hike even begins. But also, how how big of a rocky moment was when you saw him come out the third quarter? He's out there lining up. I mean, it was like, are you kidding me? Uh, now we find out. It felt like the end of Rudy. I mean, it was. Yeah, yeah. That's great. I mean, I think I think that kind of speaks to his character a little bit. You know, he missed sure. the prior week with the concussion. He kind of mentioned post game. You know, he felt bad about leaving those guys out there, and he wanted to compete. And I think it was just him saying, "You know what? We made reports of him not being able to get off the cart. They they put him back there. He needed help to get off the cart to get the X rays. I'm thinking, oh man, this thing's done. And then he's out there. He, you know, he. He comes out of the tunnel, like you know, he's gonna come, you know, come out and, and, and play the third quarter. He, so, luckily, they didn't need him. They pulled him out. He didn't risk. They didn't have any other damage. I think Mavish saw his set after the game. You know, he just he wasn't the yeah. same guy. He couldn't do the things he should be doing. So we didn't want to risk him. And now we well, find out he's because he's playing MCL. MCL. And he <laughs> I was gonna say right. There's a reason uh, for people so, who have not uh, paid attention to the news. He suffered a sprained MCL. Uh, per the team, he's going to miss a couple of weeks. We're going to have to see. It's one of these things where uh, he, could, he could miss one week, he'd miss a couple of weeks. We're just going to have to see, uh, pay attention to the injury reports as they come out. But that's why he didn't look like himself. He's got an actual injury. Thankfully, it's not as bad as it could have been. Um, thank you, Santa Maria. Well, I, I, have, I have a question for you say. guys. Do we see more Kaderil Hodge Sir. in that role? Well, that's my question. Maybe. Is, is our backup slot receiver – Kaderil Hodge, or is it Robert Woods? Robert Woods. And then, and then I think Josh. Or I think we wanted to be a Wednesday. Do they have a, an open tryout on Wednesday between everybody on the roster and maybe some other guys to say who who wants this and who's going to earn it? Did we, yeah. I think we mentioned earlier how, how much in love with Robert or uh, Jerry someone here is. Uh, is it? Do we want Kaderil Hodge to get that shot, and so we can keep Robert Woods out in his role, and hopefully Kaderil Hodge could do some of the things. Uh, I don't know. That yeah, man, I love Kadero Hodge. I, I, I want to see him out there doing slot receiver stuff. You want to see him rubbing? Can he can he hold up in the run game? Because they ask Cup to block right. DNs often. That's a good right? point. And so I don't yeah, know that point. you're yeah. going to get Kadero Hodge, you know, blocking DNs, whereas Robert Woods is a little bit of a body. He already talked about his willingness to compete in the run game. So that's I think that's kind of why they do that stuff. But uh, I think you could get a package and get him in there when you're not asking him to, to you know, take on Khalil Mack in a couple of weeks. Sure. Two, two things I'd say. Number one is that it's nice to be a Rams fan right now where we trust that whatever they do, that's going to give us some faith in that decision uh, because uh, Sean McVay is our head coach and they seem to do new, no wrong pretty much. Uh, and that's going to be great. The number two thing is I would just point to, for people who haven't seen McVay's uh, comments today at his press availability, he talked about the idea that they might bring somebody in. Here's his exact quote. Quote, there might be somebody that we have a history with, but we're working through those things right now. So I wouldn't say workout, 
but there might be somebody that we would bring in. They pressed him further. He said, quote, don't. I think we'll just wait until we have some finality to that. But there are some potential discussions as far as bringing somebody in that would help give us some depth. Rob, you're, you're, you're itching. Go at it. No, 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 it's, it's not. It's, it's Tavon. not. It's Tavon. Nelson a trade for Tavon. What? It's not going to be the king of the king of uh, the Conejo Valley, is it? It's Nelson Spruce. Nelson Spruce. I want to go so far back. Well, it could be Nelson. There's so many options that I want to go back to. I want to go to Denario Alexander. I want to oh, go to Mike Simmons Walker. I'm willing to do it. Um, bring the, at this go, point, bring me the retirement. Get Tory Holt out there. Go, Mark the Clayton. Hook. We're we're going all the way back Brandon to Lloyd? the back of the depth chart. For the offensive line, we, we reached the point Benetton. only for a couple plays where the Rams did not have any backup offensive linemen. Roger Saffold went out. Andrew Whitworth went out. Both of them supposedly are going to be good to go. We're going to have to pay attention to the injury uh, report. Maybe it's time to activate Brian Allen, who's been uh, inactive. Joey, are you worried at all about the offensive line and the depth? As good as they've played, we saw Jamon Brown come into the game as he's been replaced by Austin Blythe, obviously, this season. Are you worried about the idea that this is going to come to a point where we've got to start shuffling things on the offensive line? No, not at all. I think they got their act together. I like the depth. I'm a huge Jamon Brown fan. I think Joseph Noteboon's been great. And I think if we got to bring in Brian Allen for the practice squad, great, sure. I mean, that guy can play center, but he can also play guard, right? Yeah. I think um, – I, you know, I, I think it's fine. I, I don't think any of those guys are disasters. I, I'm not going to be killing myself if they go into the game and we're just going to be like, oh, all these penalties or they're getting the quarterback sacked. I, I think they're all good. If, if any of them were starters, I, w- I wouldn't be freaking out. So I, I think they're good. I would freak out if the entire left side of our line is, is missing like it was for two plays. <laughs> I, I, I would I would freak out if we you're going from Andrew Whitworth and Roger Saffold to Joseph Noteboom and Austin Blythe or yeah because he switched to the left side so that's that's a little bit of a drop. I did, I did well, like if Joey's you say it like that, Robbo. Oh, go sure. <laughs> <laughs> it, it happened in this game, right? We had Noteboom and Blythe in history. Fine, you're right. But that's but why, that's I'm why so I like Joey's answer was: Are you worried about it? Hell, you yeah. said no. But you almost said, hell no, fuck no, I'm not worried. America, motherfuckers. He has a young baby who is not able to listen to that language. He has to. He's sad. He's got to watch his mouth. You know what? You just got to put on Lebowski and just let it all, all the tension and and worry about the Rams' sense of line. Where's Lebowski Fest this weekend? Where's Lebowski Fest this weekend? Is it... Is it uh, like you don't in my, know? In my heart, there's a Lebowski fest every weekend. That there's a traveling <laughs> caravan of Lebowskiites who just travel. You know, sight to sight. Joe, I got a question for you. You're familiar with venues. Where do you think the Lebowski fest was in Los Angeles? Like, oh. kind of like around like the capacity. Like, what kind of do you think it's a venue you've heard of? I've got so many. I've got so many that go through it. It wouldn't be well, I mean, in like, like, do you think it's like a like a parking lot of a Denny's, Christmas or do you park. think it's like, you know, the Rose Bowl? Like, what do you got? It, just, well, no. it should be something with a bowl, right? It should be like Hollywood Bowl, oh. Rose Bowl, because of the bowling. That, that's huge. That's huge, Rob. It see for me, it would it would it wouldn't be in Los Angeles. You'd have to leave 
Los Angeles and go out to like San Bernardino. You'd have to, yeah, yeah, exactly. Bakersfield, exactly. It would be somewhere out there. You wouldn't be able to do it in LA if you're doing it right. Oh man. Oh well, I mean, Wheeler, uh, Wheeler Joe, Springs. They, Lebowski Fest is everywhere, bro. It's all over the place. <laughs> but Lebowski Fest isn't in a what? place. It's in. It's wherever you make it. Exactly. It's in your heart. <laughs> but um, it was at the Wilterns, and uh, wow. It was, um, yeah. <laughs> It was pretty crazy. Um, there was like a line all the way around the little turn, but just everybody's all dressed up. Anyways, um, that is going to be a thing I'm going to do every podcast, just randomly start talking about Lebowski. So That's the weird. Yeah, that's the, the last of, show time I would have walk. never thought like, oh, yeah, right down Wilshire, there's a line for Lebowski Fest. That's the, that's the least Lebowski-esque idea I could have come up with. That doesn't make any sense. And, and and the real like Jeff Lebowski, the guy that they like, um, they made, you of. know like wrote him after. He just is like some like stoner burnout that like lives in Venice. He showed up like in his robe and he like kind of talked <laughs> at the beginning of it and just kind of rambled on for ten minutes. It was awesome. I guess they, he he was at some party with the Cohen brothers and he was just being a weirdo and then they kind of like looked at each other like we got to write a character about that guy. <laughs> that guy's weird. Just a weird guy. Um, anywho. I you need to. I can get you a toe, dude. I can get you a toe. <laughs> I, love, I love John Goodman. That character is the best. I just, I just like the idea of Lebowski Fest at the Wiltern. That's, a, that's one of those things that I like. Of all the places, you're going to stick people who would go to Lebowski Fest. Uh, yeah, let's put them at Wilshire and Western. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That's the place. <laughs> right. I remember I was standing. We're standing on the side of Wilshire and. Running down the street, down Wilshire, were two guys in red spandex outfits with a big, huge comical scissors, and they're chasing each other, like in that kind of dream that he has. And they're just full red spandex, just running all the way around the Wilton, the entire building, just on the big streets. And there's, you know, there's police barricades. (laughs) It was insane. But What, um, what What I liked was that when you started that story... I thought there were men running in red spandex that had nothing to do with Lebowski Fest. And that's one of the things that I love about LA. Uh, would have been perfect. Um, boys, we got it done. We got through week six, 23 to 20. We got out of that damn climate with a win. Professor's historical aversion to weather under 70 degrees has yet again proved embattled. We did it. But there's something we got to talk about. I, I don't know. I don't know how this came up today. I don't know how it came up again. It's not. I, I, I've railed against the idea of fans calling, you know, holding for every play or uh, all of my other pet peeves. One of my one of my pet peeves is the idea of the sack as a statistic. I think it's horrible. It's I think so it empowers so the weak. It empowers the weakest, and not even the social. That's that's what makes it worse. It empowers the weakest, dumbest among us. And it lures the sodas and the rods of the professors of the world in. It's like a, it's like an amulet of unknown powers that allures to the wisest if and the knowingest among us. Doesn't score, they can't win. It, it soaks, it soaks you in <laughs> to its Jordan stupidity Allen. and its foolishness, and it pervades. It's like a virus. It spreads. It spread before Twitter. It's one of the. It's known to ancient men before language and the written word were available. The sack exists. I know. I know you believe that Deacon Jones invented the term sack. The sack has existed as a term since 48 BC. It was there when Jesus was put on the cross. The sack <laughs> has been there. It's behind everything. 
The sack has been behind all what. evil in mankind. I'm, I'm not I burning hell for this, but Deacon I Jones know you're defending would beat Jesus' ass, and he would club him and sack him up. <laughs> Deacon Jones invented the sack. Don't give me Jesus invented the sack and David. And, no, it was not biblical. Deacon Jones invented the sack, and he was a ram. He's one of the greatest rams ever, and that's why it's important. Period. End of story. Deacon Is that why you love Jones. the sack, just because Deacon Jones came up with the term? No, I, I love the sack because it annoys you. <laughs> no, I know. It, it, it kind of feels like it's, in it's basketball how they started kind of you know using like deflections as a statistic, but it's only been going on for you know a handful of years. It's not like they kept that in the seventies or the eighties, and and even even blocks. And I think when you do that with with defense, is is I think the sack has a finality to it where it feels like now it's the end of the play. I mean, the you know, something that, like a pressure, it, when people talk about how many pressures a guy has, it just doesn't feel as significant because it doesn't actually, like, make the whistle blow. Joey, and I, I, I said people, this to Joe earlier today. I said a sack is the defensive equivalent of an offensive big play. Like, you have a big play, and it's like, well, that's a big splash play. It's a, it's a splash play. It's, a, it's a, not as good as a turnover, but it's a splash play for the defense. And then Joe says – well, what about that that sack that Aaron Dahl got this week? It was pretty weak. You know, Case Keenum just sat on his ass and Donald touched him. It was, what was he doing? So, what was Case Keenum doing? You not got, you got Aaron, Donald, Aaron Donald wasn't even rushing the quarterback. He dropped back and just waited for Aaron Donald to come from 10 yards away to sack. Not want to die. Oh, we're just going to sit down. That was saw 17 him. yards. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> that, you know what? It's, it still counts. And it's, that's it's why a, it's, it's stupid. That's no, it's why it's horrible. Point. So th- let's do a little history. Somewhere in this world, there's a 14 year old young woman who is listening to us who has no idea what we're talking sorry. about. Sorry. We're incredibly sorry. You need to listen to another you, podcast immediately. You definitely need to talk to your parents about parental uh, controls on the internet. The term sack was uh, made famous by Deacon Jones in the 1960s, what? who <gasps> thought that. He was talking about a city when it was sacked or a potato sack. He gave different versions of what he meant, but it was made popular by Deacon Jones, obviously from the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, didn't get made into a credited statistic until 1982. So it's one of these things that took a while to really come into popular use. Uh, and obviously you got the single sack leader and Michael Strahan from 2001. You've got random leaders in sack. The, the, the biggest problem that I've got with the sack is kind of what we alluded to with Aaron Donald or the sack that we saw from Matt Longmaker that was negated by a penalty from Marcus Peters two weeks ago. Don't you and kind of what Joey, that away from Matt Kind Longmaker. of what Joey alluded to with the idea of the finality is that the sack is binary. Either you get a sack or you don't. And when you get a sack, it validates the play regardless of what happened. You could, you could, just like Aaron Donald, you could not do shit and then end up with a sack, and the binary nature of it validates whatever you did, which is stupid. Or you could do all kinds of things, which Aaron Donald does constantly, and not get a sack and not have it validated, which is why I've had morons on Twitter and on other platforms (laughs) three weeks ago saying that Aaron Donald was having a down season because he didn't have a ton of sacks. That's just stupid, and that's what the sack does. It provides ammunition for the dum-dums of our time, and we need to make that ammunition illegal. We need to strip it for them. Forget gun reform. I'm not talking about the Second Amendment. I'm talking about 100 Second Amendment, the sack. 
We need to make that statistic <laughs> illegal. We need to take their ammunition away, and we need to fix the Constitution. That's the make sex great again. America. Sackica. Do you remember a gentleman by the name of Mr. Gastineau? Played for the Jets. What did he do after he after he got his sack? What did he do? Uh, he danced. It's like it's like like Footloose. He danced. He danced. Uh, That's when the sack became popular, right? You saw a fool acting like a fool because he made Mm -hmm. another guy look like a fool, and that's why we. That's a good point. It's a fool stat. Well said, Robbo. It's a fool (laughs) stat. But we're fools. Nice. So I'm on. I'm on board with it. I love it. We're never going to adjudicate this. Obviously, we're being smart and stupid at the same time. Joey, give us some smart. Give us some stupid. <laughs> Just general smart and general stupid. Our stupid was the last 107 minutes. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, you know, you know what I'll say. Uh, just talking about um, moving to our next topic, which is just ha- you know closure on the game and how we felt about it. Um, I think my uh, my stupid thing is I feel like kind of uh, kind of like sad about the game for some reason. It's like it's a victory, and I think I came out of just the experience of watching the game being a little bit. Um, uh, Boy, we can, I, yeah, I'll use the word. It's like I was kind of disappointed in the way things worked out, and uh, I was kind of surprised that you know we were in control of the game throughout won the game and I'm still kind of like oh man we left a lot of porn points on that field <laughs> I felt like they could have easily scored 40 we points so, on that we left so much porn didn't. on that field you leave porn on the field and then you get little uh, you get little porn babies I don't know Bruce Irvin style <laughs> I, I know you saw that. I know you saw that quote after the game, right? Yeah, right. as we talk about football, as we talk about something, I need to interrupt this podcast. This is getting <laughs> off the rails. Now this podcast back where it needs to be. Hold on. You talk about Jesus. <laughs> Blasphemy. Hold on. I was um, watching an interview with Whitworth today, and I was thinking about Joe's impersonation of Whitworth. Right. And just Whitworth, who basically okay. has no accent. When I, so when, I listen, when I listen to him do interviews, I hear it in Joe's voice now. I hear, <laughs> I hear that's how I hear the voice. Look, looking awesome. for the gumbo weather now. Look, hey, oh, October. <laughs> that's, that's the time you start letting that crab go, that shrimp coming in. Hey, boy, time to play some football. Come on over here, Jay. I know, hey, take them gloves off. Take them gloves. What the hell you was wearing them for in the first place? You don't need no damn gloves. What's wrong with them now? Because you put them in a little bit of flour, a little bit of clabber, warm them things up. You can play some football now. Come on over here. What's wrong with you? Oh, my God. Todd, <laughs> stop on, running, man. Todd. Stop <laughs> running, Todd. The game's over. You're running like you ain't had nowhere to run the whole damn game. Hot mess. <laughs> Andrew, did you hear Todd Gurley say he's going for LT's uh, record, 28 touchdowns? I, t- I tell you what Todd's going for is a haircut. Look like goddamn spiders <laughs> going out his head is what it looked like. <laughs> what is on that young man's head? That's a hot mess. You want to be considered an MVP? I'll tell you who's an MVP. I'll tell you right now, John Sullivan. That's a man with ethics. That's a man with morals. That's a man who's... Have you seen his hamstrings? That's a man who comes prepared to work. That's why. 
It's all about the hamstrings. Tom Gurley over here working out biceps doing commercials. You know what John Sullivan did this weekend? John Sullivan fixed that. He fixed the handle on the cabinet board in his kitchen. That's a good man. That's an MVP <laughs> in my book. Thank you, Jonathan. He swapped That's out the great. points on his 1976 Ford pickup. That's it, a good it really call. Dovetailed into That's a good call. Gaps and spark plugs. Um, Joey, you are sad. What's your feeling on the game, Robert? Do you feel? Give me one word emotion. We're doing this. Joey felt sad. What's your one word emotional reaction? Content. Ooh, that's a good one. I was I was content. Uh, you know, points. I, I, I wanted to see us whoop that ass like we have the last couple of weeks, but they won. It was six and zero. Oh. And I was content with the victory after it was over. I was content. Um, I was crunchy. On to the new NFL. Here's what I don't understand is uh, obviously our game doesn't fit into this. We saw Pat's Chiefs last night. I don't know if you guys watched it. 49ers Packers night. That was sexy. The the, the new NFL is sexy only if you like points. And everybody does. We love touchdowns. We love points. We love entertainment. What are what are defenses supposed to do? What are, what are defenses supposed to do anymore? It's yeah, I, I get it's, it. We're coming off a game when it was NBA 20, 20, It was twenty three to twenty, and that's about as good as defenses can do. Is is whole team at the seven hundred yards of offense and forty three points? It's it's just a different game, man. It's I mean, there's there's ways there's style points in that. When I say I loved it because uh, it was just like all right, Pat's got this thing, and one play later. Mahone has got them in the end zone. It's like him and Tyreek Hill. It's like Jesus. That's that shit's fun to watch. And I love a good defensive ass whooping. I like the '85 Bears as much as anybody else because I'm old and I remember that. But you can't tell me you just don't get excited when you see a young guy, young exciting guy like Deshaun Watson last year. Just a young exciting guy making big plays. Like you know what? There's no moment that's too big for me. I'm gonna I'm gonna match you, Tom Brady. Check this shit out. Bam! Touchdown. It was. It, That's the, I love that part, but I do I do not different. want to see the pinball it, side of it where it's just score, 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 score. And that's the problem, it? right? It was, it was exciting to see Pat Mahomes do it. Nobody looks at the Jets and the Colts 42 no. to 34 and saying, ooh, that's the exciting part is the Jets and the Colts putting up 76 points. Yeah, but oh, and then you right. get those games what, that are like 12 to 9. It's like Baltimore-Cleveland, and that's just because their offense is just – can't score the points. So if you see a low score game, it's, it's, it's no longer an offensive Cleveland struggle. It's more of an offensive anymore. struggle. We, we don't have hmm? the 12 to 9 Cleveland games anymore. Those are, I th- thought there those was one like uh, a week ago. Maybe, maybe I, maybe I maybe don't know what I'm a week ago, but it, It's just such an anomaly now where you've got you know, every, and then not every game, but we've seen scoring is up at record levels. Yardage is up at yeah. record levels. Where everything, everything, everything is pushing the upper limits of offense, and it's not that I'm complaining by any means. Like Rob said, it's incredibly entertaining, but it's just a different game. It's just a different sport, and it's one of those things where if you're the, the biggest criticism that we've got coming out of this game isn't necessarily that the defense gave up 20 points; it's that the offense only scored 23. It's almost unacceptable. Yeah, it's like a letdown. Yeah. Right. Do you know who doesn't? Do you think this is going to be the new norm, or do you think it's just a phase? It's the new norm for now, for yeah. sure. And I, I don't see it, it changing way. anytime soon. Look at look at 
uh, Sherman's Twitter every other week. It's just you know that this is what the league wants. They you know they want right. electric games, whatever. You know who doesn't sure. like today's NFL? Mike Smith. He got fired after the Bucks have given up 173 points, defensive coordinator for the Bucks, and give up 34 in a loss again yesterday. Uh, fired for the first time. Fired for the first time by the Bucks. No. Dude. No, refired. What, re-fired. Is, what is the term for that? What is the time when you no, get no. fired? The Falcons, yes. the Falcons caused him to get fired twice, right? Because he was the, the Falcons' head coach, and they fired him, and then they got him fired again yesterday because they whooped his ass. Uh, it just Look at the points scored in this league. 179, 49ers have given up. Uh, 139, the Cardinals have given up. 118, for, uh, the Rams. I mean, everyone's up there. I mean, I guess the best D right now is the Ravens at 77, right? That they How about that Vaughn yeah, Jaguars and, defense? Let's check uh, forty points by Dallas yesterday. Awesome. Yeah, great. Well, and and, to, and in the Monday Night Football game that we you know just watched, it felt like that game was gonna before the game. I was like, I don't want to watch this game. It's gonna be awful. And then kind of casually watching it, and suddenly I'm like, oh, this is actually an exciting game, and the the 49ers are moving the ball. And we just felt like, okay, well, it's not just punting, punting. I mean, they're they're scoring points, and I think that yeah, you know that it's it, you know the defense could be playing better, and there's a frustrating element to that. But also, just for TV, just entertainment value, right? It's good. It's great. Yeah, NBA NBA TV. It's, uh, it's yeah. take NFL, that NBA, NBA version, right? yeah. with all your cool, all you cool kids that can share videos from the league and and the league that's open to you and willing to accept you. You suck it. We're the NFL. We're old, and we're still the best. Yeah. We're the CBS of sports. Yeah. You respect your elders. Hike up your pants. What the hell is this noise? You <laughs> turn what on is this noise in your commercials these days? Oh, Joe, that's you know, actually a person I'm surprised that the NFL didn't get for the halftime shows is Paul Simon. Can you imagine you how cool that, that would be in Atlanta? Oh, that. That, what are the chances that Maroon 5 pulls out Paul Simon as a guest at halftime? It is well above 0%. At least and I know 40%. you'd be rolling your eyes, but I actually would be like digging into the popcorn because that sounds you'd pretty know, great. You'd love it if Julio Jones came out and me and Julio down by the schoolyard and Julio Jones was there. It'd be perfect. <laughs> And then right after, like they're like, and ladies and gentlemen, Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band, and like Tom Cruise comes out. Yeah, that's all I want. That's what I dream about, guys. Uh, we're screwed. We're absolutely yeah. screwed. So um, mm, we do. Okay. So, okay. so we're playing the Niners next week. You guys, uh, guys, excited about that? Uh, what is this game? CJ what is this game? Bethard? I don't. Help me, Rob. Help you? Yeah, help, help me with me. this game. I don't, I don't understand it at all. With the Niners Rams game, uh, yeah. I did. I see the Forty ers lost another player. They lost their tight end, George Kittle, right? So, and they still put up how many points they put up tonight? Over 30, 33? thirty, thirty three. Thirty points. They yeah. put up thirty with CJ Beathard. Um, you know, but, but but their play cost us a primetime game on NBC, guys. Sure. Al Michaels I'd, is not going to be love the, doing the game with Collinsworth. There, We're going to get there is some outrage about that. There is a lot of outrage about getting flexed out. I'm like, you know what? I I get it. People don't want to see the Rams whoop that ass. Then sure. uh, someone else had said, uh, I won't I won't name him because he has another pod, and I don't want to feel like I'm, I'm talking down about him. But you know, he's like, you know, it's it's you know they've been better without Garoppolo. I mean, they've scored as many points without Jimmy G. 
And uh, well, why why did we why did we get dogged? Uh, Let me well, get it. I was not. He's not. But they have a deadline when they have to make that call at the time. It's like, all right, the Rams are just rolling on people, and they don't look so good. Maybe we'll switch that one out. They didn't have the foresight to know that they would make a game with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. I, yeah. I get it. I'm not. I'm not too butthurt about it. It's not. Not like they're flexing out the Rams Chiefs game in in in, in Mexico. It's, sure. Of course. I mean, it's all right. It's all right. Tight. Uh, I'm, I'm okay with it. And honestly, now I just feel discomforted by the idea that Joey brought up Paul Simon. I can't even think about the game. I'm just thinking about like James Taylor coming out at halftime. This is the most NFL. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be so bad. People actually watch the halftime show. You don't switch it over to Puppy I Bowl. Don't, I don't know what I people watch it. Watch, I watch it. it every time. We were supposed to believe that everybody was boycotting the NFL, and somehow it's gotten better ratings. That I don't know what's going on anymore. I don't understand this. We live in a trash world. America, yeah, we're trash people. Get, get America's son on here. That's the guest we need. America. <laughs> I'm just gonna like wake him up. <laughs> Augie, wake up! Come in here. Speaking Daddy's um, mic. Yeah. He, he's really into this microphone. He comes into my, my office and he plays with it all the time. He loves it. So we're going to start our own What's pod. funny, Augie would, uh, you know what the chances are? Augie would have some of that weird kind of profound shit that you're not ready for, that, especially as like yep. a dad, where yep. you would be like, Augie, what do you think about football? Well, it's interesting because uh, men hurt each other, but in the end, it doesn't really matter. just makes me feel more grown up. And you're like, oh, shit, Augie. <laughs> He's like, that's what we're I all think. gonna die in 25 years anyway. You're, you're I don't understand. You know, I'm just closer to going to sleep, but it makes me feel awake. Augie, that's <laughs> what I feel like. You're right. Yeah, America. it's true. Augie, you get it. You get it. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna record um, thing, America. I, do, I, I now I just want to talk to Augie. Screw you guys! We're gonna do it. We're gonna do a podcast. The Augie and Joe. Get Augie burst on the Lebowski fan. Yeah. Well, I hope you like talking about garbage trucks because. uh, Do I ever? Oh, son, I'm from the south. I can talk about garbage all day. Garbage. He heard. He heard that there was a white garbage truck out there, and uh, and we went on the internet to try to find footage of a white garbage truck. I've only seen red, blue, and green ones. This is my my freaking life. It's the white whale. white video footage of garbage trucks. I think my the life. Coen brothers did a movie about that. They did a movie about two garbage men who worked a white uh, garbage truck that Joe Dirt worked a, a small neighborhood in western Minneapolis. I remember that movie. Yeah. Um, we could skip college football this week, can't we? Do we need to? Is there any? Yeah. Robbo, this is your week. That we can't skip it. You get a week. You, you get it. Go ahead. Uh, I have to apologize to Jared Goff for being a member of a university who got their ass whooped by a team who lost at home to both Cincinnati and Fresno State. I'm sorry, Mike Silver, all the rest of you Cal Bears. Suck it, because uh, the Bruins came and whooped your ass, and now you are the sorriest piece of shit on the... How did that happen? 37-7 to at Cal. Whooped that ass. I mean... Yeah, it's a chip factor. It took Chip six games to get this thing going. Now, watch oh, out, USC. Now, We're coming for you, son. Watch out, Prof. <laughs> We're coming. We got to get you. Watch it. 
I love it. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, we could talk to Joey, did you now. did you watch any uh, college ball? Did you, obviously, USC wasn't in action. Did you watch anything this weekend? Uh, yeah, I think I did, but I forgot must, what game it was. But it was too uh, good. Boy upset the the dogs. Yes, I, I watched I watched LS I watched the LSU game. Is actually that 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 was on uh, that was on the TV, and I was watching that for a while. And. Um, yeah, that was pretty good. Did you watch that, Joe? Were you watching the LSU game? I watched every game. You know, I watched that game. It's LSU well, Georgia. Th- yeah, did. Um, I'm an, I, I'm a college football slut. This is what I do. It's ask Augie about it. Augie, what what did you think about the game? It was a it was a good game, but I thought Steve Erlinger, you know, it was easy to scheme against Georgia once they couldn't stop the run in the first half. LSU's offense line took over. You know, honestly, I like anything, it. I was more intrigued by Wisconsin, Michigan later on that evening. You got two good offensive line going up against each other. Scott Hornerbrook against Shea Patterson. You know, it's like my dad always said, Big Ten football, there's history, but history is a mystery. And that's, you know, one of those things that I always like watching football for is to figure out what the mystery is, even as it pertains to our time. Football. <laughs> that's, that's amazing because if I give my kid a basketball, he'll say, that's a football. Like he just doesn't know the difference between the major baby sports shark balls. Do, 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 baby shark. Do, 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 baby shark. Baby shark. Did you watch Future <laughs> New York Giant? Justin Ebert beat the Washington Huskies this week. I did. It was a great game. Did you guys watch it? Yeah. Oh, OT, baby. Yeah. Did you watch it, Joey? Yeah. Uh, n- no, I didn't watch it, but I, oh. I did see on I did see I think it was Ladanian Tomlinson on that show that Rob was talking about. I think it was him that that said that John Elway was scouting Justin Herbert. He was there uh, this weekend. He was there. They yeah. showed him up in the booth. Yeah. I think uh, I think I think I, I I could see Herbert playing for the Broncos. You got to go back and watch that game. That was a that was a great game. That was an awesome game. Went to OT. Uh, Rob, you had to watch it. Obviously, it was Washington. I've seen the highlights. Yeah. Uh, did, did you agree with the call to send the 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 freshman walk on kicker to to take that rather than just run another play? Well, what's the, what's the what option? Would Sean McVay have done. What would Sean McVay have done? Uh, <laughs> Sean McVay would have Sean McVay would have called the dumb flip play, and then everybody would have criticized him for the play call. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> nah, I don't know, man. Uh, fun week in a college. Fun week in the head. It is what it is. Uh, San Fran. We'll be back later on in the week. See us next week. Uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Go Rams.
are part of my creed, but more than that, I feel the need to speak. This is Tetris, Alpha Maker 1. With shades on, I can catch a TV in the dark. So now you're ready, and I'm sure you'll agree. The ramming is fun when you're ramming with me. What is the greatest thing you can experience? It is the hour of your greatest contempt. The hour in which even your happiness becomes loathsome to you, and so also your reason and virtue. The hour when you say, what good is my happiness? It is poverty and filth and miserable self-complacency. But my happiness should justify existence itself. The hour when you say, what good is my reason? Does it long for knowledge as the lion first prey? It is poverty and filth and miserable self-complacency. The hour when you say, what good is my virtue? It is not yet driven me mad. How weary I am of my good and my evil. It is all poverty and filth and miserable self-complacency. The hour when you say, what good is my justice? I do not see that I am filled with fire and burning coals. But the just are filled with fire and burning coals. Now when you say, what good is my pity? It is not the pity, the cross on which he is nailed to this man, but my pity is no crucifixion. Hello, I'm Ashley Carmen. I'm Caitlin Tiffany. We're the hosts of Why'd You Push That Button, the Verge's show about all the choices technology forces us to make. We're back for season three, talking about questions like, why do you delete your tweets? And why do you type in lowercase letters that make you seem like a serial killer? And why are you on an exclusive dating app? You're not that special. We're releasing a new episode every Wednesday, and you can find us anywhere you typically find podcasts, which is Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts. So go ahead and subscribe and check us out.